You know, <clears throat> you would think after the first service it'd be easy to get up here after hearing that song. I asked Daedri if she was ever going to do that song again. I said, oh, we need to do that song again. I really love it. And then she goes and puts it right before I have to come up here and talk. So we'll see how that goes. All right, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for today. We thank you so much, Lord, that you are a mountain mover. You did it in the Bible. You did it way back when, and you're still doing it now. Father, I pray that the the mountains that are before us right now that are blocking our way to you would be moved in Jesus' name. That you would do that work today, Father, so that we could hear you clearly, that we could see you clearly, and we can know the direction that you are calling us, Father. As we open your word today, Father, I pray that you are working in our lives and showing us that you are the God of impossible, that you make it possible for us. You did make it, you did make it possible for us when your son died on the cross and rose again. We thank you for that. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Now, hopefully my contacts don't cloud up so I can read what I got up here. So God does the impossible is the series that we are in the middle of. And God shows us repeatedly In the Bible, the things that we count impossible only to be made possible because he alone is able. Today is one of the impossible historical events that we find is in the book of Daniel. And before we peel back the wrapping to get to the goodies, it's important to understand the background. Laying out the foundation for God to move and do the impossible in our lives, we must see what God has done, what he continues to do, and what he continues to do in our lives when we read his word. When we glean from his word, our faith muscle grows. So when we hear the impossible happening, we can stand on his word and say, my God can. Amen. So let's go. There are so many different lessons that we can learn in the book of Daniel, which is found in the Old Testament, and so many lessons, but we are going to focus in on six of them this morning. And the part of Daniel's story that we're looking at is when he was in the lion's den. And I love this part of history because it brings out the kid in me. I turn into one of those kids sitting, listening to a kid's sermon, and engrossed in the story, I, I, I love hearing it. I get this tell-me-more hunger in my eyes, and even though I know how the story ends, I don't go tired of hearing it. I believe that's what Jesus means when he says to have faith like a child and don't hinder the little ones when they come to me. 
We should be lifelong students and have a love for his word. And God wants us to never grow tired of his word because it is alive and it is breathing. And every time that you read his word, there is always something new to learn, always something to take away, and always a way to bring the gospel to someone who doesn't know him. And even though I read and reread, I still have questions, one of them being, how can a person being thrown into a den of hungry lions survive? See, the history of Daniel in the lion's den strongly highlights two things. One, the power and authority of God. And number two, the power of Daniel's or a person's prayer life. In the end, it shows that God is in and through all situations and will bring glory to his name. And he is looking for faithful people to proclaim this today. So the prayer team is in the middle of reading a book called Authority in Prayer by Dutch Sheets. And he wants us to understand that our authority in Christ comes from Christ's ultimate authority over the earth as creator. Dutch goes on to say that he was looking up for the word authority in an old dictionary passed down to him from his father and was puzzled when he couldn't find it. And after digging a little further, he found it under the word author. And this is what he says. The root concept behind authority is authorship, not as in writing, but as an origination or creation. One has authority over what one authors. As, create, as, creator, as a creator determines the pers- purpose of his creation and holds all rights to it. You see, nothing happens without God's approval, and all things work to his glory. So Daniel, he was a nobleman of Israel, possibly a prince who was taken captive to Babylon around the year 605 B.C., He was probably in his teens, and his ministry lasted the length of his exile. Daniel's name means, my God is judge. He, along with some of his friends, were brought in to serve King Nebuchadnezzar. And if you were of noble blood, you had a place in the king's court. You carried your weight by keeping the king up to date with the culture of the day. And Daniel was known to be fully devoted to God and would never defile himself with any pagan practices. His focus was to honor God in every way. Daniel was commissioned to decipher the king's dreams and what they meant. This later enraged some of the Babylonians as the king praises God and turns his back on man-made idols. Nebuchadnezzar's reign ends and his son, Balthasar, becomes king, but then is killed. And King Darius is now in charge, and this is where we pick up the story. So I thought it would be fun if I read um, from the classic children's Bible story. I'm going to read the story from here because, you know, I'm a kid at heart. So I'm going to read from here. So Daniel among the lions. King Darius soon discovered that Daniel was intelligent and talented, so he wanted him to serve in his kingdom as well. He appointed Daniel over all the other officials. This made the officials angry, and they decided to get rid of Daniel. They asked the king to pass a law that no one could worship any god but the king for 30 days. If someone was caught worshiping or praying to another god, that person had to be cast into the lion's den. The king agreed, not realizing that this was all designed to implicate Daniel. 
Daniel ignored the law and continued to pray to God three times a day, just as he always did. The men who plotted against him told the king about Daniel's praying. They insisted that Daniel had to be fed to the lions. And even though the king regretted his decree, there was nothing he could do. Daniel was thrown into the lion's den. Early the next morning, the king went to the den. He called Daniel's name, and Daniel answered. He was unharmed. The Lord had sent an angel to close the lion's mouth. King Darius was overjoyed because he liked Daniel very much. And now he knew that Daniel's God was the most powerful God of all. So, Daniel 6, 1 through 25. Daniel is still in the king's court because he had an excellent spirit in him. He, along with two other officials, oversaw 120 governors in the ancient Persian Empire. And quickly, Daniel distinguished himself from the other officials. So the king planned to set Daniel over the whole kingdom, an Israelite. So Daniel demonstrates that being devoted to God takes practice, and when carried out with God's help, not only can we be strengthened, but those around us will also experience some growth. So let's dive into these six lessons that will give us a roadmap on how to live like Christ in all situations with all people as God strengthens our faith and prayer lives so that we can glorify him in all we say and do. So the first one, accusations will fail when you rest in God's direction. Accusations will fail when you rest in God's direction. See, in Daniel 6, we see that Daniel was held in high esteem by King Darius and others in the king's court. Daniel's love for the Lord was in everything he did, and he made sure that God got all the attention. Then the rumor mill started. When Daniel was up for a promotion, there were people that did not share the same love for Daniel and started to devise a plan of revenge against him. The good thing was that Daniel had already proven that he was an upstanding guy and those who were against him would have to stoop to a dishonest level to get a guilty verdict read against him. See, when you are being faithful to God in your prayer time, studying his word, and spending time in worship, in other words, putting him above all else, you may experience those who will not understand and would try to take you out and make you stumble in some way. They may try to find fault with you, even if it means forcing you to choose between God and duty. And that is exactly what happened to Daniel. Church, I encourage you to follow God the way Daniel did, and whatever lies or distractions the enemy throws at you will be proven false. God promises to redeem what was lost. I love what 1 Peter 5.10 says in the classic Amplified Bible, and it says this, And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who imparts all blessing and favor, who has called you to his own eternal glory in Christ Jesus, will himself complete and make you what you ought to be, established and ground you securely and strengthen and settle you. You can rest in him because he has not forgotten you. Number two, never give up on God because he will never give up on you. 
See, in verse 5, we read that the enemy filled the other officials with jealousy and contempt to devise a plan to take out Daniel. This is what verse 5 says. So they concluded our only chance of finding grounds for accusing Daniel will be in connection with the rules of his religion. The Bible continues to say in verses 6 through 8 that the decree went out that only the king could be worshipped in the courts, and Daniel was now faced with one of the toughest decisions of his life. Continue to worship the one true God and lose his life, or worship the king and save his own life. He shows the first option. He continued to trust God with all his heart, mind, soul, and strength. He didn't waver in his faith, and he continued to worship God freely in his home three times a day and on his knees. And he was discovered doing just that by those who were plotting to take him out from the beginning. They quickly ran back to tell the king of their discovery. And even after this betrayal, Daniel continued to trust God. And his faith in God strengthened. Number three, if all else fails, pray. If all else fails, pray. Verse 10, when Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in the upper chamber open toward Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. You see, when we pray, we become dangerous. When we pray, we become dangerous to the enemy. The enemy understands that prayer is that direct connection to our Heavenly Father, our lifeline, which is why prayer is one of the three things that we talk about every Sunday. The enemy, or Satan, drew a line in the sand and dared Daniel to step over it. The officials tried to trap Daniel by outlawing prayer to anyone or anything other than King Darius for 30 days. And it's a strategy that Satan is using even now. See, when Daniel heard that the document was signed, he did not, he did the one thing he knew that he could do, and that was to pray. In the upper chamber, with the windows open and on his knees. Why the upper chamber? Because God deserves our very best, and nothing should be put above him. And why with the windows open? Because we should never, we should never be ashamed to pray to God. We should be that city that is up on a hill. And why are you on your knees? Because it reminds us that we serve a holy God. And we are reminded and humbled that he chose us as his most prized possession. I found this quote by uh, Samuel Chadwick, and it says this, The one concern the devil of, the, of the devil is to keep Christians from praying. Satan fears nothing from prayerless studies, prayerless work, and prayerless religion. Satan laughs at our toil, mocks at our wisdom, but he trembles when we pray. 
Daniel understood that prayer was his life source and a weapon to use in this battle that he couldn't physically see. And if he kept praying to his father, he knew that he would listen and would come to his aid. Hmm. Number four, if you are living out your faith, you will never know who is watching. If you are living out your faith, you never know who is watching. Verse 14, it says, hearing this, the king was deeply troubled and he tried to think of a way to save Daniel. He spent the rest of the day looking for a way to get Daniel out of this predicament. When the king found out that Daniel had violated the decree, he was heartbroken. The word says that he tried everything he could to find a way out for him. And after the king had ordered Daniel to be arrested and thrown in the den with the lions, it says in verse 18 that he returned to his palace and spent the night fasting. You never know who is watching. King Darius had been impacted by Daniel's devotion to God and how he handled himself in every circumstance. But don't miss what the king says in the last part of verse 16. It says, may your God, whom you serve faithfully, rescue you. This statement should be enough to show us that you never know who is watching how you react to a situation. Stepping out boldly in your faith can impact others and can start a chain reaction of a faith explosion. My boys and I are in the middle of a devotional called Guy's Guide to God, Girls, and the Phone in Your Pocket by Jonathan McKee. If you guys want that information. Guy's Guide to God, Girls, and the Phone in Your Pocket. The author compiled this book by just asking the simple question, what advice would you give today's teenage guys? And his phone blew up with responses. And from those responses, he compiled 101 real-world tips for teenage guys. And one of the tips was, let others see Christ in you, not you in you. And the author asked this question, Are you a lava lamp Christian or a spotlight Christian? See, lava lamps are fun to look at, and when warmed up, the lava begins to float and make random formations, and it demands, look at me, look how cool I am, watch me. And then you have a spotlight. And instead of drawing attention to themselves, they point to something more important and draw everyone's attention to it. And it says, look at him. He's worth looking at. Let me illuminate him. Daniel was a spotlight. He made sure that the focus was always on God and not on him. If he made a decision, a stand, or a demand, it always pointed back to God. Number five, God hears your prayers of hardship. God hears your prayers of hardship. See, Daniel is the one that we most focus on in this story, but let's not forget the king. His reaction to Daniel's punishment is one not to gloss over. We're talking about a king over a large kingdom who is struggling with the law that he put in place. And he was distraught that Daniel had broken this law and realized his blunder in allowing that decree to go out. 
And the king spent the night fasting and praying. And when morning came, the king hurried to the lion's den. He hurried because there was, there was this anticipation, this expectation. If Daniel's God says he is all-powerful, will he accept my offering of prayer and fasting for his faithful servant, even from someone like me? And the king calls out in anguish in verse 19, Daniel, servant of the living God, was your God whom you served so faithfully able to rescue you from the lions. And then comes that long, dramatic pause as the king waits for a response. I like to think that, you know, Daniel's curled up with the lions sleeping And in verse 21, Daniel answers, long live the king. Verse 22, my God sent his angel to shut the lion's mouth so that they would not hurt me, for I have been found innocent in his sight, and I have not wronged you, your majesty. Daniel acknowledged the king for who he was. He honored and respected him. And because of his strong devotion to God, Daniel put this king on his earthly throne. Daniel realized that King Darius was in power because God put him there. And because of that, Daniel respected him as his king. Verse 24. Then the king gave orders to arrest the men who had maliciously accused Daniel. He had them thrown in the lion's den along with their wives and children. The lions leaped on them and tore them apart before they even hit the floor of the den. That part we don't share in kids' ministry. Just to let you know. Verse 26, I decree that everyone throughout my kingdom should tremble with fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God, and he will endure forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed, and his rule will never end. God heard the prayers of the king, and God hears your prayers. Daniel's life was spared and was used by God to save others, and maybe even some today. Number six, God does the impossible. So have you ever experienced an impossible situation or miracle with no other explanation than God did it? As mentioned before, King Darius arrived at the lion's den to find Daniel not only alive, but not a scratch on him. King Darius called out to Daniel with the question, Daniel, servant of the living God, was your God whom you serve so faithfully able to rescue you from the lion's? The impossible happened, and it's history. When the impossible happens in our lives, when things cannot be explained with logic, the only one who deserves that credit is God. And like the miracles of shutting the mouths of lions and the salvation of a king, we still see miracles happen today. It may be the salvation of a loved one a relationship being restored, a debt that has been paid, and what about the healings with no explanation? When the impossible happens in our lives, we can only give him praise 
And what a beautiful opportunity to share with others our God testimony of what he has done because God does the impossible. So the historical event ends this way, and I'm going to read um, verses 25 through 27 of Daniel 6. And it says, Then King Darius sent this message to the people of every race and nation and language throughout the world. Peace and prosperity to you. I decree that everyone throughout my kingdom should tremble with fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and he will endure forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed and his rule will never end. He rescues and saves his people. He performs miraculous signs and wonders in the heavens and on earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. This history is a testament of prayer and faith of what God can do. Daniel in the lion's den proves that God is on the side of those who believe and trust in him. And he loves to shower his kids with good gifts and demonstrates his love over and over and over again. But don't miss this church. You see, sometimes we love to over glamorize the feel good stuff of God. Don't miss, Daniel was not removed or even given a free pass because of his love and devotion to God. He broke a man-made law, and for that he had to serve the punishment for going against it. And Daniel willingly accepted his fate and continued to trust in God. The trials and tribulations that you're going through right now, may not even be for you. It may be for someone that's watching you and for your reaction. And how are you doing with that? Know if you need prayer, we're here. We're ready to pray with and for you. Our prayer team is ready to pray, whatever the situation is. Daniel's prayer life and faith inspired the king, and it inspires us today. Daniel's story is a a strong reminder that God cares about our relationship with him and our relationship with others. And God shows his love and how he provides even in the most daunting places in our lives. If God can shut the mouths of of starving lions and prevent harm from one of his most faithful servants, then there is nothing God can't do in your situation, no matter how dark, demented, or debilitating it may be. Call out to him today, church. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time. We thank you so much for your word. And for the rich history that it has. God, let us not gloss over these things as just little stories that we hear. But that it's history. It happened. And the way that it happened with Daniel, I pray, Father, that if we are in that lion's den right now, we are being surrounded that you would shut the mouths of the lions of whatever it is 
that is trying to consume. We pray, Father, that people would come to you, Father, in prayer. And for those that think, I don't know how to pray, or I've never been taught, Lord, that they would understand that it's a relationship with you. It's simply talking to you, Father. And it's as simple as just calling your name out when we have nothing else. Because speaking your name makes the enemy flee. We thank you for that name above all names. Jesus. We love you, Father. And we thank you so much for what you are doing in our lives, what you continue to do. We love you and we thank you, Lord. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. All right, last thoughts. So God did the impossible in Daniel's life because Daniel understood that he was nothing without God. Daniel's faith and fervent prayer changed the course of a king's life and a kingdom. And God is ready to do the impossible in your life. And are you ready for what God has prepared for you? It all starts with prayer. Remember, you are dangerous to the enemy when you pray to the living God. Let's make the enemy tremble. Amen.